While extroverts may seem to have the upper hand in many businesses and organizations, introverts bring just as much to the table, including in leadership. Today, how introverts can make great leaders. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 201. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Yes, you can lead, and this weekly show drives your professional development with resources, tools, and learning so you can do exactly that. And if this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. I'm so glad to welcome you to the Coaching for Leaders listening community. And each week, I, uh, most weeks, I should say, I invite a guest in to bring an area of expertise that I believe will be helpful to you as a leader. And today is no different. I know that our guest Beth today is going to help you to uh, really get an appreciation for how different personality types show up in business. And whether you identify with this particular personality type or not, I know that there are going to be people in your work life and in your personal life who do. And so I think this perspective is going to be really helpful to you. So I am so pleased to be able to welcome Beth Bilo. She is known as the introvert entrepreneur to a growing tribe of thousands of followers and fans. Uh, She is on a mission to empower introverts to understand, own, and amplify their natural strengths. She's the author of Insight, Reflections on the Gifts of Being an Introvert, and the forthcoming book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms. And she is also a podcaster in her own right and hosts The Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast, which I hope you'll check out as well. Beth, welcome to Coaching for Leaders. Thank you so much, Dave. I am super excited to be here. Well, I am so looking forward to this conversation because purely on a selfish level, which is not, by the way, the best way to be a podcaster, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but purely on a selfish level, um, I identify as an introvert. That certainly is my preference in both how I show up professionally and personally. And I know that many people in our listening community and certainly in your community do as well. And so I think that this is a really important conversation for us to have because it isn't always something we talk about a lot in the professional world, is it? No, no, it's not. It, it might come up if the company does a Myers-Briggs personality assessment, mm-hmm. um, but otherwise, it's it's not something that's uh, talked around around talked about around the lunch table. Yeah, and it, it is interesting that our business culture, at least, does tend to be more of an extroverted culture and. It seems to me, at least, and from the reading I've done and just my own professional experience with clients, is that that tends to be the personality preference that gets more recognized, more traction, and sometimes even more rewarded in the professional world. Absolutely. It's it's interesting because a lot of company cultures will pride themselves and um, whether it's their um, you know job postings or the way they describe their company values, it's all about, you know, we're a big happy family. We work hard, we play hard. Um, you know, it, it's very um, extrovert oriented. It's, it's, it's showing that there's a lot of teamwork, but it's also putting out this signal that you better be social. You better be friendly. You better be outgoing or else you might not fit in here. So there is this 
either overt or covert extrovert expectation that's often felt that that extroverts might not notice, frankly, because it's just it's their language. Mm -hmm. But an introvert, it will, you know, stand out to them as something that is like, hmm, I I really wonder if this is going to be the place for me. And it just might be, Um, you know, the the, uh, surface language may or may not be reflective of the true culture. (laughs) But um, but it's enough to to make an introvert pause. Well, speaking of pausing, that's probably a good thing for us to do on the front end of this um, and and really look at both of these terms because they they are thrown out in you know our kind of everyday language. And I don't think sometimes we all appreciate the intricacies of the terms introversion and extroversion or introvert and extrovert. And so I'm wondering if maybe you could frame and, and even define how you look at these when you're working with your clients and helping them to understand the distinction. One of the reasons I think that introvert and extrovert are often um, misunderstood is because we talk about them in terms of our personality. And, uh, you know, that's the language that's been used for a long time. And there, it's not that that is completely inaccurate. But when we talk about introvert and extrovert in terms of personality, we tend to fall into definitions that... Um, speak to the outward way that someone is showing up. So if I talk about an extroverted personality, often I will use words like outgoing, social, friendly, gregarious, and an introvert as being quiet, reserved, um, shy, um, you know, hanging out on the edges, that sort of thing. And and so those things might be true for that person. But I prefer to go back to the original definition that Carl Jung um, formulated in, I believe the book that he published this in was in 1921, where he talks about it in terms of energy. So instead of thinking of it as a personality trait, I like to frame it as an energetic trait. And that is that it's where we gain and drain energy. So extroverts will gain energy from social interaction mm. and from external stimuli, whereas an introvert will drain energy during those situations. It doesn't mean we can't be in those situations and be very um, and be outgoing ourselves. It's just it takes out of us, whereas the extrovert feeds on it. On the flip side, the introvert gains energy from quiet, from solitude, from um, you know reflection and, and lower stimulation environments. That's how we recharge our batteries. So I think by looking at it as an energetic trait, it takes some of the stigma and the stereotypes away from it, and we can look at it more as kind of the our our operating you know our our modus operandi um, that informs how we show up in the world. Well, I'm glad you said that because I think I even used the word personality up front here in the show, and sure. that, that's the that's the common way to think about it. Uh, but you're absolutely right. And when I've studied personality and the, and the different dichotomies here too, it it often does really come down to energy level. And I think that that's one of the things that's misunderstood too is because. Um, sometimes someone who's who may have a, a strong preference for introversion will show up in a professional place and be very interactive and very gregarious, but then mm-hmm. later on will leave that event like, oh, I'm so tired and exhausted, whereas the person who has the extroverted preference might leave being energized and ready for the next event and the next exactly. inter- opportunity to interact. <laughs> and that is, that is a real difference I found just in my own uh, my own interactions between the introversion and the extroverted preference. 
Yeah. And and that phrase, you can't judge a book by its cover, is, yeah. is exactly it. Because I think it's it's challenging for introverts because they'll be that gregarious introvert. And then they'll tell someone, oh, actually, I'm quite introverted. I'm, you know, anxious to get home and, and be by myself. And somebody will say, no way, you are not an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> and, I can totally relate. You know, and, and frankly, you know, I think I have a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, but that's yeah, about yeah. how, you know, society can disown introversion and make it not okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's important, I think, to um, be able to claim it and say, no, this is this is who I am and, and I'm perfectly capable, you know, I'm perfectly capable of being social and um, I need to recharge on my own in order to do that. Oh, and it is, you mentioned something that I think is really key here, which is that it is more complex than just a single interaction or a single event mm-hmm. or a single context that we see a person in. Um, just as an example, I've, I well remember getting feedback on our audience survey last year of someone who had uh, written in or commented and said, you know, the show is just way too extroverted for me. Uh, it's too, um, it's too, and they were, they were very kind in their response, but they, they had asked for, you know, maybe it could be a little more toned down or not as energetic. And I thought it was really interesting because I don't think of myself at all as an extroverted person or having a very extroverted show, but this is one context that people see of me, which is very different than other contexts. And I think that there's the tendency for a lot of us, um, certainly in our professional relationships, where we sometimes only see one context of a person or a situation, to make assumptions based upon that context. And it's it, and we all do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, thank you. So one of the things we should also look at is what are some of the challenges and, and also some of the opportunities that those of us who have the introversion preference have, particularly in the workplace, um, because it is a workplace often that is at least presented or framed as, as the extroverted traits, if not said explicitly, of being valued in the workplace. Yeah. And when you think about it, you know, we often are ta- talk, at least here in the United States, that we are at work more than we're at home oftentimes. And so our, our work family does become something of an extension of that. And so our introvert and introversion and extroversion can show up even stronger and become more important that we recognize it. Um, the challenges, you know, they kind of go to what I, I said before about the culture, for one thing. You know, it, if a company has that we're one big happy family kind of culture, it can and, and, you know, emphasizes, hey, everybody's going out after work for happy hour or we're going to do the company picnic and we're going to do, you know, X, Y, Z. And, and things seem to be very socially driven. Um, again, it's not that the introverts can't do that or don't enjoy it. It's simply that there's just that added layer of pressure. It's like mm-hmm. not only do I have to do an excellent job, but I also have to be, you know, super social. Yeah. And so that adds another kind of um, just another pressure and another expectation. Um, and there's also, you know, in the workplace, there are, you know, you're, you're in a melting pot of so many different communication styles and expectations around working in teams and working in groups and being available, you know, open office plans, no doors, um, no private offices. It, it can be very um, draining for the introvert um, because they're not getting a chance to do what they do, you know, do what they do best in a way that they can do it best, which is, you know, be able to focus, be able to go deep, be able to step away from all the action and concentrate without interruption. 
And one of the things I hear most from introverts in in a traditional work environment is that there are so many interruptions. Mm-hmm. And and so those can be very challenging. And those those are just things that have to do with the environment. When you get into tasks, you're talking about sales, networking, self-promotion is another big one. Um, you had mentioned before that it often seems like it's the extroverts that get ahead. And often it's it's not necessarily because extroverts are better than introverts or, you know, vice versa. I never want to um, pit those two against each other that way. But there are certain skills that extroverts often will have a little bit more naturally. And self-promotion is often one of those. Yeah. They are a little bit more comfortable um, speaking about their accomplishments, um, you know, tooting their own horn, so to speak. So those can be things that are a little bit challenging for an introvert in a work environment. But the opportunities, you know, on the flip side, the very things that are challenging can become strengths. So I think introverts have a really strong opportunity to show leadership, um, to be, you know, often I will say I'm much more comfortable in front of the group than being part of the group. Or I'm more comfortable being the speaker in front of the room than being the one who has to do all the participating and chatting at my table. Because we have a certain, being the leader gives you a certain amount of control, right? Um, And I don't mean control in a bad way. I just mean that you have the ability to shape something. Mm. And so you can shape it in such a way that is um, setting you and setting everyone else up for success. So I think being a leader by demonstrating your depth of expertise, um, your ability to focus, um, being the balancing energy. You can't have an office, you know, full of um, the the chatty Cathy's. You need a few quiet Keiths that are going to be listening and bringing space into discussions and processes. So those are ways that I think introverts, if if allowed, uh, and if they themselves own it and assert it, can have. Um, it can bring a really important balance of energy into any work environment. And I'm sure you're familiar with some of the research that's been done on leadership and introversion and mm-hmm. the, the the research, at least the one, the studies I've seen show that introverts are as effective as leaders. In fact, some of the studies suggest that introverts in some ways may be more effective in leadership roles than the, than extroverts. And again, not that one's better or the other, you know, right. but there's different strengths that an introvert brings. And I think one of the things that both of us feel passionate about is if 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 anyone identifies as a introvert, that it doesn't mean that you can't lead. In fact, you may be, that may be a wonderful place <laughs> for you to be um, in, in being able to influence people. And so I'm really curious as you, I imagine most of your clients do identify as introverts and they are business mm-hmm. owners in many cases. How do you help people to make that shift to not see introversion as potentially a liability, which is sometimes the assumption in some business business environments, but to see it as a strength. I think it's, you know, maybe one, first it's to really understand what the true definition is, you know, how we started out, that it's not about being shy or being um, antisocial or any of that. So most of the people that that I work with already understand that piece, but you can understand it intellectually, but sometimes emotionally, and then having the language to be able to talk about it and to live from it and to explain it to other people is another step in the evolution um, but once you've, once you've understood it and owned it, then you can start to look at things through, through the lens of your introverted strengths. 
So again, not focusing on, oh, I, you know, I, I'm not comfortable in networking situations, so I need to fix that about myself. So much of it is about the language that you're coming from. Mm. So instead of saying, well, we need to fix your discomfort with networking, let's look at what you already do well and how can you bring that to networking. And it's going to be an energy that's a little bit different than everybody else. You know, it, the goal is not to try to be, um, you know, the fake extrovert. The goal is to be the authentic introvert that brings curiosity, that brings excellent observation skills and deep listening. If you can, you know, pull on what you have naturally and then figure out where you need to sharpen it as a skill, then you, you know, you're well on your way to being able to own your own way of doing those things that might have been previously uncomfortable or perceived as something for the extroverts. In, uh, in the, in the uh, potential danger here of saying too much about my own experience, but I think this is really relevant to our, our conversation and to our audience, Beth, is for a number of years I had taken the Myers-Briggs assessment. I'd taken it a few times and I always was scored as an extrovert for whatever reason on the assessment. And so I had a belief that I needed to act like an extrovert. And, mm -hmm. and then finally I went through the certification process and I realized, oh, I actually... I, I was responding incorrectly. I really, truly was an introvert, and everyone around that already, everyone around me already knew that. Um, so <laughs> right. it was like when I would tell people, I was like, "Oh, I figured out I'm an introvert." People were like, "Uh, of course you are." <laughs> but in yeah, my exactly. own mind, <laughs> I had had this belief that I had to be. I was an extrovert, and I had to be extrovert in the business world. And I always found that to be such a struggle. And once I worked through that and I recognized that I had many more strengths in, in introversion preference, it changed so much. It changed how I approached my work. It changed my job ultimately because I mm -hmm. started to do things that were more in alignment with my strengths. And I am so much happier today than I was uh, you know, eight or nine years ago when I had that other belief. But it was entirely shaped by my belief system, not the world around yeah. me, not even the organization, but my own belief system. And it was a real struggle for a long time. So what you just said totally relates to that. And I, I hope that our audience will will examine that and examine getting to know yourself better and looking at where your own preferences are. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I want to um, just tag on a comment as we were talking about leaders and being in the workplace and how introverts can be fabulous leaders. One of my favorite um, go-to resources that isn't about introversion but has introvert written all over it is um, the section of Good to Great by Jim Collins mm. when he talks about level five leaders. The, dis the traits that he describes with level five leaders, um, you know, in a nutshell, it's the workhorse or the plow horse. I can't remember which phrase he uses, not the show horse. And he uses so many words that, um, again, while he never says the word introvert, they are often words that are associated with introvert introverts and introverted leaders, such as humble or self-effacing or putting the spotlight on others or leading from behind the scenes. Um, those were the traits that in the good to great companies um, that he found most prominently. Oh, and wow. the companies that weren't quite as successful tended to have the show horse, tended to have the the person that wanted to be in the spotlight and um, and be, you know, front and center. So I, I always kind of take heart <laughs> and comfort in that finding of his because I think that there's valuable affirmation there for introverts. 
I'm so glad you mentioned that. And uh, I had not thought about that in the good to great model, but that's really, really interesting when you think about the level five leadership model he describes, because I remember those aspects of it too. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a really, that's a really neat way to look at it. I know both of us are students of Dale Carnegie as well. And so Dale Carnegie is classically viewed as the culture, you know, the, the, the tools or the culture of like how to be more extroverted, how to win friends and influence people. Even the mm-hmm. book sounds like a great book for uh, how to develop all the extroverted strengths that you need. And so uh, I thought it maybe would be interesting for just since both of us are familiar with Dale Carnegie and I know our audiences, maybe to look at just some of the Dale Carnegie um, principles. I know you've thought about them in the terms of of introversion as well too. And yeah. um, and maybe think of like, you know, even in the context of what things are typically considered perceived of as extroverted, mm-hmm. how that's helpful to introverts too. Yeah. Oh, I just love this topic. Thank you so much for <laughs> for bringing this because, you know, I took the Dale Carnegie course back in 1997. And at that point, I knew I was an introvert, but I and I had done some reading, but I wouldn't say that I was, you know, steeped in it like I am now. And I was going through a, a fairly um, challenging professional time. And actually, during the course of the course, <laughs> I ended up quitting the job that was paying for the course. Oh, so wow. <laughs> there was something there. I think I credit the course for giving me confidence and self-awareness to see that I um, was in a, a, you know, a difficult situation and needed to um, honor myself and, and remove myself from it. So I have lots of memories from that course. Um, one of the most dominant, and I'm actually, you know, if we were on television, I would hold up. Um, I still have a, a gold sticker that says, and I'm going to say this in the way that we were taught to say it, if you act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. <laughs> do you, do you, does that sound familiar? I, I, it sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I think that's what people associate it with, you know, because there is this emphasis on enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's so much more. And and I, I, this conversation gave me an excuse to go back to my workbook. And, and you know, this is from, you know, 1997. And I noticed that later materials don't necessarily have this um, statement in it. But in the point, you know, in the um, session that is about showing more enthusiasm, it makes a very explicit point. It, the, the book says, please, oh, please don't confuse enthusiasm with noise. Webster says that enthusiasm is ardent zeal or interest, fervor, and fervor is intensity of expression. Webster doesn't say a word in that connection about noise or yelling or stamping. Real enthusiasm always comes, listen to this carefully, from the inside out. It is an internal condition, a joyous excitement. I I had... We talk about this a lot at Dale Carnegie, and I, I'm not sure I'm going to get this exactly right, but I believe the root theos is mm-hmm. uh, God, uh, is, yes. the, is the term God. Yeah. So if you if you think about the word enthusiasm, it's I believe if I'm if I'm understanding the root of the word correctly, it's almost like the a godlike energy within. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not exactly. a it's not a external. Um, it, you know, we often make the distinction in the classroom, excitement is external, enthusiasm comes from the inside, and that it doesn't have anything to do with noise. And yet that distinction is often lost in 
the classroom and in the materials and even in, I think, how we facilitate sometimes as instructors, um, mm-hmm. that we sometimes forget that distinction. And so it, it's really interesting how even Dale Carnegie, you know, the the person who is probably most framed as being the, you know, all about personality and being out mm-hmm. there and being enthusiastic, uh, even him said, you know, no, 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 not so quick. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I was just, uh, you know, grinning from ear to ear when I read that, you know, (laughs) and, and, you know, really um, feeling like, yeah, you know, and, and that's part of what I think is important, you know, in terms of um, the next level of, you know, being the introvert conversation, which is that you're looking at things that maybe before you had made assumptions about, and you're putting them a little bit, th- you're, you're questioning them, you're questioning your assumptions and putting them through that introvert lens and saying, enthusiastic, what does that really mean? Um, instead of conjuring up this instant image of the, you know, the super gregarious, always smiling, you know, salesman kind of thing. It's a it's a it's a glowing from within, if you will. You know, it's yeah, a it's a yeah. projection of positive energy, and yeah. I don't think that's an introvert or extrovert thing. I think that's a a human thing that that is um, something that if we are able to embrace it, it can just make us happier. <laughs> well, and this is such a practical thing too for those of us who really. Um, tap into our introverted strengths, because I think that there is a criticism sometimes. Um, and in fact, uh, you and I talked about one of the people who's so well known in the space around helping people recognize and appreciate the strengths of introverts is Susan Cain, uh, who was right. a past guest on this show. And mm-hmm. I'll put the link in the show notes for our conversation. And she was just a wonderful guest and is so gracious. And she also, um, in her book, uh, you know, takes Dale Carnegie and specifically to task a little bit on kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of being the standard bearer for the culture of personality and extroversion. And um, and one of the things that I do think is really a, a challenge for those who identify as introvert is to say, well, you know, the, the world is. You know, I'm an introvert, and so I can't engage in the way that extroverts do, and I'm just not able to do that. And I think that that is one place that um, I know I'm. I challenge the introverts that I work with, and I'm sure you do too. Beth is saying, mm-hmm. you know, um, just because we have a preference for one area doesn't mean that we shouldn't learn the tools and have the principles and the resources in order to engage in another area. And I, I almost think of this like when you pull up you're in an office and you pull up your computer to print something and there's a whole list of printers that you can print to and <laughs> one's the default printer and then there's four or five others. And a lot of times you go to the default printer because it's closest to you or whatever, but sometimes you need a different printer because you need to print in color or you need the fancier <laughs> options. And so you select it mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean just because you default to the one printer that you can't ever use one of the other printers. And I, I think about personality um, and and our energy level, but also the tools and the communication styles we use in the workplace, almost like that. Of yes, there's one there's one t- style that we all tend to default to in one place we're most comfortable, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we can't tap into another tool. And I think that that's one of the things that both of us are real passionate about helping introverts to develop is what are the tools, even if you may not default there, that you can use in situations where you really do want to interact and engage in a way that may be perceived commonly as more extroverted. Yeah. I always like to think of it as um, we have a core um, energetic trait and then we have cultivated skills. 
And so it's important to recognize and honor what that core is and then cultivate those skills that are going to help you achieve your goals. And I also like to think related to that in terms of introvert and extrovert as being verbs. Um, so I have time to introvert and I have time that I am um, wanting to extrovert. So in other words, to project my energy out. And like you said, just because I choose that to extrovert on occasion doesn't mean that I'm becoming an extrovert or defaulting to extroversion. Yes, it just yes. means I'm choosing to exercise that part of me because I do have an extroverted part of me just as you do. And in some ways it's coming out right now, right? It's, yeah. it's coming out in this podcast. And, um, and so we have found a way to um, kind of exercise our inner extrovert in a way that is um, very honoring of our introversion because both of us are probably sitting alone in a room <laughs> yep. with just a microphone and and yet we're able to connect and share this message with so many people. So um, I think that's where your sweet spot ends up being is, is how can you um, find those ways to um, honor all sides of yourself but really, you know, make sure that you're always in touch with the core. Oh, absolutely. And we all need to stay in touch with the core. And we also all need to step out of our default or comfort zone, um, probably daily. I know I do daily mm -hmm. in order to do the kind of things we're both, we're passionate about doing in the world. You reaching out to clients, me at, at my work at Dale Carnegie and the, and the podcast, um, because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to do the things that energize me so much when I'm in that introverted space. And so I think that it's, um, you know, it's so it's so critical to be able to recognize that, yes, this is my preference. This is where I tend to default to. But also I make a conscious choice um, either regularly or at least on occasion to step out of that in order to do the work that I love to do and to really mm -hmm. help people in the world in the in the best possible way. And I think that's such a that's such an important way to look at it. Yeah. And I want to, I, I want to, um, if it's all right with you and we have time, I want to share just a few things that I pulled out from Dale Carnegie. Oh, please. Because I think it, it when we're talking about the cultivation of these skills, I think that, you know, he kind of gets that bad rap <laughs> of being, you know, the extrovert um, figure. And when you really look at what his principles are, there are so many that are introvert friendly or that tap into an introvert strength. So if you look at, you know, sort of that quintessential extrovert sounding how to win friends and influence people, he's talking about, you know, becoming a friendlier person, which is about when I read what he's talking about, it's about having a generous spirit, about being a positive presence and someone that other people want to be around. It's not about being extroverted. So he talks about in his principles, you know, become genuinely interested in other people. Mm. Introverts generally like to put other people in the spotlight. So that which that should come naturally. Um, smile. That's a very simple one. And just because you are smiling doesn't mean that you're being disingenuous in any way. It's a natural way to be more approachable and bring people to you. Be a good listener. Encourage other people to talk about themselves. Which is, is such something. an introverted oh, principle. Oh, so introverted. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, it's so funny. We have so many times we work in classrooms with people and um, and 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 they, one of the things that comes out of the, the course of their experience is to say, I have learned just to be quiet and that I can learn a lot and I can build relationships by not saying anything, just asking a question and shutting up. And that is, that is something that a lot of times uh, those with, who tend to default more to extroversion don't think about in daily practice. And that's a huge, mm -hmm. huge shift for people. 
Yeah, definitely. And I've se- maybe you've seen this, but there's a little um, thing. <laughs> I don't know what to call those things anymore. But, you know, a quote online that says, um, listen contains the same letters as silent or is that it? Well, that's the point of it. Listen contains the same letters as silent. Oh, I hadn't so. <laughs> heard that. I had not heard that. That's awesome. So there's definitely, you know, a connection there. And, you know, he, he goes on and you, you mentioned it right there. Let the other person do a great deal of the talking. That's another thing that he talks about and says that's a basic principle of winning friends, you know, making friends, influencing people. Um, and that is something that I think I've probably said many, many times. And so it's, it's a very introvert friendly thing. Um, and he, he also in How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, which is also, you know, a wonderful, I think, resource for an introvert because stop worrying, you know, worrying sucks your energy, yeah. right? It's it's a huge energy drain. And if we look at our introversion or extroversion in terms of energy, then worry is something we, you know, definitely need to be attuned to. So one of the things he talks about is, you know, cultivating a mental attitude that brings you peace and happiness. And one of the principles under that is do not imitate others. Mm. So I read that and I'm like, you, you be yourself, you know, don't fake it. Even though they'll say if you act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. I think that, um, you know, this is a balance to that. Um, this is saying, you know, you don't have to be an imitation of other people in order to, um, to be successful, to connect, to be who you are and, and achieve what you need. So I, um, I hope that, you know, if there are any introverts listening that maybe have looked at Dale Carnegie, as I told a colleague um, who also works in the introvert space that I was going to be talking about this. And she said, oh, I've always thought of that as my definition of hell. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so I, there is a, I think there's a, a, um, a stigma or I don't know if stigma is the right word, but a, an assumption and and I hope that this has maybe encouraged some people that if they have that assumption to to challenge it, you know, to poke at it and and look a little deeper because I think there's a lot of value to the principles that he outlined. Well, I really appreciate you bringing that perspective. And as much as I've thought about Dale Carnegie and introversion and all of that over the last decade, I don't think I've ever thought about it specifically in those principles you've mentioned. And it just mm-hmm. it, it will absolutely change how I talk to our clients when I'm working with them too. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate oh, you're it. You're welcome. And um, before I let you go, I do want to make sure yeah. we hit on um, intrapreneurs as well. And I know mm-hmm. that's something that, that you talk about in your book. Um, yeah. Tell me about that and how does that relate to introversion? Well, the intrapreneurs, you know, I don't know how widely that term is used these days, but it's basically referring to a person that's working in a more traditional corporate environment or nonprofit environment, but has to be entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, e- even my husband, you know, he's the executive director of an arts nonprofit and he read my book and he's like, there is so much in here for me because I'm realizing how entrepreneurial I need to be in my work. And I would argue that whether, you know, that's um, a formal part of your job title or not, in order to stay competitive and to keep your skills sharp and to always be contributing, there's a part of us that always needs to be entrepreneurial in our thinking. And hopefully the corporate culture encourages that. And so I think that, you know, for an introvert in that corporate culture, if they have that entrepreneurial role is to is to recognize that and to say, you know, I, I do have to be somewhat um, innovative and independent here. And, um, and I am going to be responsible for a certain level of business development and networking 
and um, building, you know, the, the company's reputation and building up the portfolio. Um, so I think owning that you have that entrepreneurial role and hopefully an entrepreneurial spirit might help you to approach your job um, a little bit, a little bit differently, um, hopefully in a, in a good way that you might feel a little more empowered and, and say, okay, so if I embrace this entrepreneurial spirit, what can I do with that? And then what does it mean to be an introvert in that role? Um, and that's, that's largely what my book is all about. Beth, we could talk for hours. And so <laughs> yes. uh, we have just really scratched the surface on this and I feel like we're just getting started. Um, so I hope that people will go and check you out online and check out the forthcoming books. I'm wondering if you could, uh, for those who are really interested in, in diving into this a lot more, um, tell people how to find you and how to, uh, how to learn about the book. You can find me online at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. And that's where you'll find my blog and podcast and um, links to, you know, how to work with me. Um, my most active and engaged community is on Facebook. And so that's facebook.com backslash The Introvert Entrepreneur. And of course, the book, um, The Introvert Entrepreneur, is now available for pre-sale. It's uh, being released on November 3rd, but you can go on to Amazon and um, go ahead and reserve your copy and enjoy you know a sense of delayed gratification and surprise on november 3rd when you open up your mailbox and there's this wonderful book that you had forgotten that you'd ordered <laughs> exactly exactly and it's it's see it would be a awesome good it would be a great holiday gift you have time over the holidays exactly. to read perfect yeah perfect and if you're looking at the new year and saying this is the year i start my business then uh yeah it's coming out at the perfect time for that too well, Beth, I just so appreciate the resources you've offered. I hope people will both uh, check out your book and the podcast. And uh, particularly if you do identify as an introvert or if you have someone in your professional life or even personal life that um, really identifies as an intro introvert and is doing things in business, I hope you'll check this out because uh, this is such an important conversation for so many of us. Beth, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to share your wisdom with us. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Beth Bilo is the author of the forthcoming book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms and hosts the Introvert Entrepreneur podcast. Thanks, Beth. Beth wasn't kidding about having an active Facebook community, by the way. Almost 30,000 people follow her on Facebook. So it's a great place to get connected with her and what she's bringing a value to the business community. Thanks again, Beth, for the fabulous conversation. And I hope you will check out Beth's book and join the conversation as well with us. Coachingforleaders.com slash 201 is the best place to do that. And of course, always looking for your comments, questions, or feedback for the future Q&A shows. Those air the first Monday of every month. That's at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And that is the best way to submit a question have a bunch already for the August show, but not uh, not enough for the whole show yet. So I'm still looking for more questions. So get those in. And uh, while you're online, please join the weekly leadership guide. The leadership guide is delivered to your inbox on Wednesdays, and it includes my thoughts and recommendations on articles, videos, podcasts, books, links that I have found online and curated that will support your development between the shows. And it also includes a brief overview and link to all the show notes for every episode. So you'll get all of the links 
and quotes that Beth mentioned this week in your inbox on Wednesday. So if you listen while you're on the go or working out like I do, it'll give you a good way to follow up later. And as a bonus, when you join the leadership guide, you'll get access to my reader's guide that lists 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others. And we mentioned one of them in today's conversation, How to Win Friends and Influence People from Dale Carnegie, which will be of no surprise to those of you who have listened to this show for some time. It's a great way to really improve your relationship with others and will impact every aspect of your leadership. So that's uh, that's one of them. And there's nine more on the list. There's an 11-page guide and an overview of the books and a nine-minute video. So you can get access to all of that and the leadership guides each week at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And I look forward to welcoming you to that as well. And thank you this week to Keith Shaw up in Canada. Keith, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to write the very kind review on iTunes. I'm so grateful for you, Keith, and for all of the folks out there who have written such kind reviews of the show. If you've been listening for a bit and feel like you can offer a review for the show as well, I'd be very grateful. Take a moment to go over to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes or coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher if you use Stitcher, and you can leave a rating or review. Thank you in advance if you choose to do that. And I am so excited to be with you today and to bring this conversation to you next week coming up my friend Tim Stringer with some practical actions for all of us on productivity. Don't miss it. It'll be episode 202. And in the meantime, have a fabulous week. Take care.